My name is Brian Oak, and my friend uh, Sean Bernard's right over there. Hi, Sean. Hey, Brian. How are you? Are you digging the groovy East Coast bass stylings right here? I am. My cousin is a stand-up bass player in New York, and it just this is a lot of what he does. Right well, here. I- I'll bet he knows this guy's name, Paul Chambers. Yes. Now, we play very, very little jazz on the Brian Oak Show. Admittedly so. Schooly wawa Especially staples of the hard bop era. Um... <laughs> I'll be honest, before today, I've never heard the name Paul Chambers before, but I knew who our guest was today. A bass player, jazz aficionado, the maestro, the ringleader right now at KBEM 88.5, the jazz station. And I'm like, how do I impress him? And he's probably, he's looking at me right now, he's like, you sad, pathetic imitation of a human being. Don't pander to me. I'm not, man. I'm like Paul Chambers. So I did a little digging, and then I actually spent over half an hour reading about Paul Chambers this morning. One of the most notorious, not notorious, well-recognized stand-up bass players of the 1960s throughout the hard bop region. But he played with everybody. He put out dozens of his own recordings, but he played on literally hundreds of jazz releases that everybody knows about. For a decade or more, he was the guy. And apparently he was known for, because a lot of it's do, 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 yeah. do, do. But he was apparently known for his bowed solos on yeah. the upright bass, which I'm sure that today's guest, Sean McPherson, can tell us all about when we check in with him shortly. But before we do, where are my manners? It's the Brian Oak Show, episode 334, here in the Smart Start MN Studios in gorgeous. Oh, it's so nice out today, man. The heat has broken. The humidity is broken. It's basically a perfect late summer day out there right now here in South Minneapolis on Chicago Avenue South, just a block or two north of the creek. It's a lovely, lovely day. How's your day been so far? So far, so good. Getting uh, ready for my anniversary evening with my bride. 27 years. Happy anniversary. nothing but upside. (laughs) What's funny is anybody who's been married looks at you like... I have an uncle, by the way, I'm not going to mention his name, but he actually said he's been married a little longer than I am because we've never had an argument. Oh, fuck off. Fuck like, off. Like, fuck all the way off. Like, no, that's just absolute bullshit. You and I have arguments, I know, and, and I know, we've I never know. had sex. I yeah, mean, like, true. so you've what? never had, well, I mean, not, you know, that you yeah. remember. Um, Metaphorical. Never had an argument. Okay. Well, that's again, just bullshit. Like, again, what a passionless piece of shit marriage I, I, that would I be. want your marriage to be happy and healthy. Yeah. I, I wish everyone got along like that all the time. That's not the way the long-term relationship game works. Anyway, happy anniversary, hey, man. Hey, thank you very much. Heading down to a supper club in Hastings tonight because we're 83 years old. Well, but I mean, like, I mean, we're literally next door in the Smart Start MN Studios are literally next door to Southeast or South Minneapolis's latest supper club, Creekside. I mean, the supper club thing. Also, when you find one out in the sticks. Yeah, or that's where I want to go. Yeah. I mean, the paneling on the wall, a handful of antlers on the wall, relish tray lands, a woman named Mabel is the one serving you tonight. I kind of dig the Supper Club vibe. This place is called, I should look it up here, I'll have it for you here shortly. All it's right. called, because it's got a great name, it is called, wait for it, it's called like Wiener Scheitz or something. Like I'm sorry, that. what's it called? It's called like Wiener, Wiener Scheitz. Some, some Wiener Scheitz. Or I don't. I don't think that's like, probably what it's called. Well, I think you're probably <laughs> in the ballpark. But I'm going to guess that all of our German-speaking listeners have like, officially hmm. tuned out. He's like, he's going to Wiener Schneitz. <laughs> Wiener Schneitz. Anyway, well, oh, you, it's Wiederholz. 
different. So not not too far off. Yeah. But like an old school, authentic yeah, yeah. paneling, you know, all uh, that uh, shit. An upper Midwestern German. Great relish tray. Yeah, yeah. You know, you the, got seri- a relish tray. The, the real deal. Oh, well. Hopefully they still allow smoking and they have like the... The curtains that are kind of that yellow gold, but they used to be white. You're calling it civilization. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, civilization no longer exists. It's over. Even Wiener Schneitz is not going to let you smoke in there. Luckily, you don't I smoke. <laughs> Before we get to today's guest, we do have to thank a couple of sponsors. One, Smart Start MN. We are in the Smart Start MN studios. What do they do? They're Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They worked with the powers that be to get this program in place. And then, of course, once it was profitable and successful, a bunch of other carpetbaggers came in fuck those guys hang out with our friends smart start and and you drink and drive you're gonna lose your license it was a stupid ass move on your part or your friends or loved ones part but life's not over after that provided everything is cool you need to get back in your car you'll do it quicker you'll do it more efficiently and you'll do it for less money than you expect if you talk to our friends at smart start now for some of us it wasn't the driving that was stupid as much as after the 10 beers, having a few shots at the end of the night because you just weren't quite there. Uh, well, not, speaking of not being quite there, I had one DUI, and it was yeah. more than 20 years ago. I don't remember leaving the bar. I yeah, do that's... remember waking up in the back of the squad car, like out of nowhere. Oh, like, good morning. It was like time travel. I'm like, oh, what? What am I? I have handcuffs on. What's happening right now? It's a terrible idea. Drink all you want. Go ahead. Party, hearty, bruv. We're not judging. Don't drive. Don't fucking drive. But if you do and you get pop, talk to our friends at Smart Start MN. SmartStartMN.com slash The Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. Sean McPherson is our guest coming up next. But first, I do also want to mention that my friend, other Sean, there are two Seans in the room right now. I, I feel very outshawned, okay, right now. A little bit. My name's Brian. That's more of a British name, really, than an Irish name. Scottish? Irish? Oh, hang on. There we go. I don't know what it means. Scots Irish. I don't know what that means, but that's what I am. Well, it makes sense because Sean and McPherson. So, so Scots Irish. Yeah. And you've never bothered to look it up, even though that's what you are. Right. I, no, I've bothered to look it up. I haven't bothered to remember. It's either <laughs> Irish people who moved to Scotland or Scottish people who moved to Ireland. I see. I McPherson might be Scottish, actually. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that, and that's what I mean. Like the yeah. first name Irish, last yes. second name Scottish, Scots Irish. Makes perfect sense to me, or Irish Scots, whatever the case may be. We'll be checking in with you shortly. But the other Sean in the room, my friend Sean Bernard, you are also a realtor for Remax Results. And as summer begins to wind down, most of the flurries already happened, or are people still actively, or are they getting panicky right now because they well, want to move? We it depends on where you're at in your cycle of life, if you will. If you have kids that are starting school soon and you really wanted to buy a house but can't find one, yes, you're probably panicking right now because it's August 10th. Um, but if you're if you're on in years, Brian, or if you haven't had kids yet. <laughs> Tell me more, young I feel Sean. seen. Tell me more. Then it's not as big of a rush, but there we still don't have enough inventory, which means there aren't enough homes for sale right now in this particular market. By the way, if you look at the national news, it's going to be all over the place depending on what city you live. So ignore the national news when it comes to real estate. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to what's going on locally. I can help you whether you're looking to buy, whether you're looking to sell. In some cases, I'm meeting with somebody that's going to sell next year, next summer. Love to do that because I can actually assess what they should probably do with their house to get the very most of it, most out of it without spending too much money or falling down a rabbit hole. Right. Scope creep? Is that what they call it? Yeah, scope creep. You don't want that happening. Uh, Go to 612-859-2594 on your phone because you've already saved me in there. Call me or text me 
If you know somebody that's looking to buy or sell, I donate a portion of every buy and sell to a local musician or band. Hit them up on speed dial. Is speed dial still a thing? Man, remember when phones, like your home phone, would even have a speed dial? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just hit the number four. That means I'm calling Fresh Walk, because today it's all <laughs> about the Mandarin Ooh, food. Ooh, that sounds good. Let's get a song out of the way, because I really want to check in with uh, Sean McPherson, which is going to be coming up next. But first, I was thinking about Minnesota music, right? I mean, like, we've all grown up here, and there's so much amazing Minnesota music over the years. Some, you can go back. 50 years, 60 years, 70 years. Some came out this year. But then there's kind of my personal sweet spot when I came of age in the mid-80s to mid-90s. And there was so much glorious stuff in there. And Martin Zeller and his band did a version of Americana that wasn't quite as pastoral, let's say, as the Jayhawks. But it was honest. It was real. It was small town. And I could identify with virtually every single Lyric. I love this band so much. So we're going to hear some Gear Daddies right now. Color of Her Eyes, because this one's funny and tragic in ways that way too many of us can relate to. The Gear Daddies on The Brian Oak Show.
there was a brief but memorable period where they were my favorite Minnesota band, and then Soul Asylum, and yeah. then Soul Asylum put out Hang Time, and I'm like, see you, Gear Daddies. <laughs> got bigger fish to fry. My name is Brian Oak, and that is Sean Bernard. Joined now by today's featured guest, Sean McPherson. He's the music director and afternoon host at Jazz 88 KBEM. Also, a former colleague of mine. Well, I mean, I guess te- technically still a colleague as we work on the same floor in the same building. We just never see each other, but we work together over at The Current. But he's also the bassist and co-founder of Hip Hop Mainstays High Respects here in town for many, many years. He's a man about town, and now he's a man in the Smart Start MN studio here for the Brian Oak Show. Welcome back, man. Nice to see your face. It's great to be here, and I can't wait to go to Wienerschneisen tonight or with, uh, <laughs> with Sean and Justin. Isn't that tip- weird? I just invited him along, and my wife was like, "That really? I said, you know, two Sean's are better than one. It, that, I... <laughs> I'm going to leave that sitting right there and just let that <laughs> bubble up in people's brains right hmm. there. Hmm. Sean, I knew you first and foremost as a bass player. Then I got to know you working with you at The Current. And these days, you are the music director at Jazz 88. Now, for people who don't know, even people who drift up and down the dial, even jazz heads, there are probably some people who don't know exactly what that means. What is Jazz 88? Jazz 88 is a long-running station. It's actually been around for 50 years. Um, and it's a jazz station that's owned by Minneapolis Public Schools. So right. I'm a Minneapolis Public School employee. We work with students, particularly during our day hours, like 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. I uh, have interns during the summer, have students. And then we're the primary jazz station in town. We're the only jazz station in town. Right. And we play jazz from all eras. That's that's one of our angles. So I'm covering a lot of new releases as the music director, examining what's coming out, featuring that stuff. But we'll go all the way back to the 1920s, 1930s. And I'm trying to, as the music director, make sure that we're really telling as full a story of jazz as we can. And that's something I've been endeavoring to do throughout the past year and a half that I've been there. Why does jazz matter to you? Jazz matters to me because, first off, it's just great music. I know that people will often go, it's America's classical music, which to me is, America has classical music. So that's a little confusing. <laughs> like it's, it's, It is an incredible art form. It is an amazing way to learn appreciation for other music. Mm. And beyond that, I truly love listening to it. I've loved listening to it and playing it for my whole career. And it's something that ha- eluded me. Technically, I never never became Paul Chambers, right? I never was great with the Arco and, and, and all those things. But the the things I learned while trying to learn to play jazz yeah. have, have been really invaluable for the music I do play professionally. So I love it as a musician. I love it as a listener. And frankly, I think I talk to a lot of people who go, I have a really hard work job. What I do during the day, you wouldn't imagine. But when I get into my car, I turn on Jazz 88 and I unplug for a while before I get home. And I know that I'm often the host during those hours, and that's a really important thing to give people that little lift before they have to go back to what awaits them at their home. I couldn't agree more. The thing with jazz for me is I'm not against it. I mean, I grew up playing the viola. I grew up singing in choir. I appreciate complex music. Jazz to me, though, is sort of like geometry in the sense that I was really good at algebra. I was killer at calculus, straight A's in both those, got to geometry, got my first F in school ever. It was literally a foreign language. And so I think for people who were not reared in it, unless it's sort of the real approachable stuff, you know, like some early vocal jazz or sort of soft tiptoeing into the shallow end of the pool, because, I mean, if you go right into hard scronk, you're going to lose a ton of people right away, right? You're you're right. I, I understand that there's there's more accessible music than than some parts of the jazz story. Right. And I also understand that 
you might be have been walking into that geometry class going, I'm going to fail this. I'm, you know, maybe because you had done well in the other classes, you didn't have that feeling. But I think there's a lot of people who come with a predisposition to yeah, jazz who yeah. go, I'm not going to like this. This isn't for me. It's been the butt of so many musical jokes. I ask people to approach it, including the Skronk stuff, with an open mind. If you actually go and listen to Ornette Coleman, who can be really challenging and really harmonically adventurous, if you listen and you don't go, I'm probably going to hate this. But if you just listen and go, what happens to me and my mind and my soul while this music is playing? Give that a chance. So maybe you're going to end up with an F at the midterm. But <laughs> try. Try because there, there's a lot there. And I think that's the other important part too, right? It's like as soon as I hear someone say, I hate country, I hate jazz, I hate hip hop. All that tells me is you haven't tried, right? And so I found some jazz I like. Some of it's still an alien language to me, right? Like literally something from the other side of the solar system, possibly the galaxy. But jazz is such an impossibly huge umbrella, much like rock and roll or popular music or even country, whatever you want. There are so many facets. There are so many points all the way around the spectrum. So when it comes to programming a jazz station, how do you decide... I mean, is it a specific story on a specific day? Is it we need to make this approachable so we can get as many people as possible? Or is it we are going to throw everything at you because jazz has everything underneath that umbrella? I'm going to get a little specific. We're all radio people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, When I came in and looked at how the clocks were set up, what I felt was missing was enough gold, which is to say enough stuff that people would recognize and go... I'm, I want somebody who goes, I like jazz. I should listen to this radio station. I want them to hear an artist and perhaps even a performance that they recognize within 30 minutes. Yep. So I want to make sure that if you think of like the top 20 people where if you put in jazz musicians into a Google search, you're going to see that. I want you to have the chance to hear John Coltrane, Ella Fitzgerald, uh, Louis Armstrong, Wynn Marsalis within about a half hour, hear one of those artists so that you actually get that anchor point. And then I also believe that a really important part of radio is not just celebrating new artists. That is important. But it's also celebrating those artists that maybe they aren't quite awesome enough for you to pull out their CD or for you to type their full name into Spotify, but they got seven or eight awesome tunes. Hmm. So I want to make sure to celebrate those folks as well. So I put a lot more gold into our clocks, and I did a lot of pruning because what was happening, I love uh, the gentleman who I replaced, Kevin O'Connor, as a friend, um, and I knew him before I took the job. What I felt was happening with the libraries that we would just have songs that made sense to play in 2008, but had never been pruned out. So yeah. it's just like yeah. Herbie Hancock's forward-thinking acoustic record. We sh- should have played the crap out of that in 2008. Is it time to to take yeah. it out of an yeah, active yeah. category? So I did some pruning, and I also want to make sure, as a music director, I don't feel you should just go, oh, I'll receive what comes to me. Because if, if, if you do that, you aren't challenging yourself and you aren't presenting the best radio station. So I try to go and proactively look at what's in the Bandcamp jazz column, what other stations are playing, what's getting written about in, in important jazz releases. And also, I follow enough people on these social media sites that now I'm hearing about a lot of this stuff. I just checked out a uh, uh, Israeli piano player named Yoni Mayraz, and I heard it on a station in Portland. I said, this is amazing. I got to get this in. So it's things like that. So you are celebrating the newest stuff, really going heavy on the gold stuff, Finding those artists that, again, they might not be marquee artists, but their best songs are really right up there. And pruning some of the stuff that served its purpose, but it's probably time to take it out of active rotation. And to me, that sounds like a very intelligent approach to programming a radio station. And, you know, for people who don't have any experience in it, when we talk about gold, you know, it's like why we play Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes on my station. 
you need to hear something familiar. Still an amazing song, yep. but you get a chance to breathe. You don't have to be like, what am I listening to? And the brain's constantly engaged so that you get a chance to sort of doggy paddle a little bit before you swim back into the deep end and you mm-hmm. learn. I mean, because that's hard. Otherwise, stations are always like, why don't you play tons more new music? It's like, because that's fucking exhausting. Yep. It, it, people, that's not how people listen. They're like, that's how I would listen. No, you wouldn't, man. I, I hate to break it to you, but there are literally decades and decades and decades of research that prove otherwise and you want the station to do well you want to succeed you want to create a great product but also if you create a great product that no one's listening to then it's kind of like screaming into the void right and it's not a great product if if, if people don't listen to it, it it's it's not a great product i couldn't agree with you more and i think it's interesting sometimes you i got some of the uh, radio jobs i've gotten because i was pretty cool but if you're too cool for the room, you're going to lose those radio jobs. Correct. So it's one of those things where you go, oh, I, I know this B-side from Japan, and I am playing it rarely. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down on something like In Your Eyes, the jazz equivalent yeah, of In exactly. Your Eyes. exactly. And that's, that's the deal. Would that be uh, Rocket by Herbie Hancock? Is that still jazz? That's not really jazz, is I it? pulled in Rocket. I went through. There's a bunch of stuff where I go, this, this has got to be in the catalog. It's not in there. Rocket wasn't in there. Uh, Nora Jones, uh, don't know why you didn't come wasn't in there yeah and i was like no this is these are some central songs you throw in rocket that's i don't think i think like in your eyes i think like speaking of paul chambers so what you know something where you just go god this is a beautiful powerful tune yeah but rocket friday afternoon we're gonna rock it again that's and this is what i like about the philosophy of a kbem is do I want to hear this standard five times today? Absolutely not. Right. There's so much of a catalog and so much repertoire there. But is it cool to hear once in a while? Like, do I want to hear Rocket three times today? Absolutely not. But as you just said, Friday afternoon, fuck yeah, let's turn this bow, one up. Bow, oh, bow, there bow. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shoot the wave over to my friend Sean right now. <laughs> oh, we're going to get out nice. some cardboard. In addition to his work at 88.5, uh, <laughs> Sean is also a founding member of High Respects, who we're going to hear one of your songs right now, and we'll talk about the gig on the other side here because you've got your inaugural summer classic coming up. We'll talk about the details. Everyone else is playing just ahead. Tell me about... Actually, you know what? I want to hear about High Respects on the other side because we've gone too long without hearing any music. Tell me about this song, and then we're going to talk about this incredible band on the other side of it. We're doing the tune Supposed to Win, and this was a tune where I said, I haven't written enough stuff with our keyboard player, Devon, lately. So I I pulled up a bunch of drum loops, and we went and wrote for a couple hours and had a lot of fun and and just sat around and and caught up. And it made us a little more capricious. I think this is something where... You say? Yes. If if I had just been sitting there by myself, I might have thought, this is a little too on-the-nose energetic. But when you're actually with your friend, you go, this energy is fun. And then uh, our guitar player, Josh, and our drummer, Peter, sort of threw in some absolute meters ripoffs. So you're going to hear a couple moments in the song where you just go, this is absolutely the meters, and then we drop into something else. Get you killed. I've been rich and I've been broke up in a leaky toy boat. Enough to know you see. 
Respects on the Brian Oak Show and high respect. Sean McPherson <laughs> is in uh, Studio C, or not Studio C, nope, the Smart Start MN there studio right is. now. Thank you. Sorry, I get confused, man. Too many studios. Sean, you mentioned early on that you're going to notice a couple of direct meters ripoffs. And while I wouldn't call them ripoffs, I would like to ask you because I am anything but an expert or a student when it comes to either hip hop or jazz. Isn't quoting and phrasing and referencing a fairly popular theme throughout the history of both those musical formats? Absolutely. There's there's the importance of quoting, I think, as in terms of when I think of quoting in jazz, I think of people throwing a recognizable melody into a part of their solo, which was a very important thing. And it's one of those things that can go swoosh right over your head because I don't know the TV shows from when Dexter Gordon was active, but right. he's, he's quoting them. And when you can learn that context, it's helpful. And then hip hop is obviously just built upon quotations samples references and it's very it's it it's an incredibly rewarding part of hip-hop to find out that just by liking hip-hop it turns out you also liked 70s like sort of dirt rock garage rock stuff 70s jazz and you go oh turns out through this one genre of music i've become a fan of everything else the, the meters is such enough of a ripoff 
that when we had a sub drummer, <laughs> our drummer fell sick before our Ice House show. And during the show, we, we uh, the drummer was Brandon Commodore, who is the drummer for the new power generation. Suffice it to say, wow. he was taking a step down to join higher specs for the night. But I would just go, the meters. And, he would, and, and, and so he knew exactly what to do to hit that part. So sometimes, it, you know, you just got to actually steal a sound. And we definitely did. Yeah, but there's a, there's a difference between like, you know, I think a lot of people who don't pay any attention to hip hop or that kind of thing are like, oh, it's just sampling. There's not any real music going on there. No, I think that there is a distinct difference between borrowing, between an homage and actually straight up stealing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, sometimes the line's a little blurry, but I, you know, I think, I think, you know, paying uh, homage to the stuff that's come before you helps inform where we are now and where it might be going. I've never been mad at that kind of thing. I've never been mad at it. I've also never thought that it occurs exclusively in hip hop, you know, in hip hop, like recontextualizing chord changes, reimagining how something can happen, taking something that's at the start of a phrase and making it the back of a phrase. That was listening to Questlove. There's all these times they're like, how did you make that drum break? And he's like, well, I took bar two of this famous drum break and made it bar one. And then I turned what was bar three of a different one. And it's not crazy alchemy. It just goes, oh, when you put these things in a different order, it tells a different story. If you don't think that that's a part of storytelling. You're really unimaginative. Well, I was also going to say, though, that it is kind of crazy alchemy, though, because you had the thought of putting this part over here and this part over here, and that's kind of what alchemy is. High Respects are doing something called their inaugural summer classic. When people say first anniversary, always kind of rubs me the wrong way. I know that you're sort of uh, particular about words like I am. There's no first anniversary. There's the inaugural, right? <laughs> yes, but I was on the wrong side of this thing because we were the flyer was approved, and then uh, somebody in the band was like, you know, I, I just want to say, like, uh, f- first annual is not acceptable. And I was like, I got to write I gotta write this graphic designer back. Thankfully, it was a flat fee. We weren't hourly, so it was just, uh, just a, a little fix. But let me tell you that if, if, I, if I was driving this shit by myself, you would be looking at a flyer that said first annual. But- first annual summer <laughs> classic. So first of all, where is the summer classic? This is happening on the Keg and Case Courtyard. So Keg and Case is on West 7th, right around Jefferson and Randolph. I was just there for their summer fest. I, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I am hosting it. That yeah. one day, yeah, yeah. Um, and we're doing that in partnership with Clutch, which is the brewery that's inside a keg and case. Yeah. It also has an Airstream trailer outside. Fabulous. So you'll be there. I'm sure there'll be food trucks and vendors and all kinds of cool things going on. This is coming up not this Saturday, uh, the 12th, but the next Saturday, August 19th. Um, and how long has it been since High Respects has done a live show? You still play a lot? We still play. We do not still play a lot. Yeah. So we did a show July 22nd. Okay. And we're trying to aim to do about maybe four or five shows a year does that feel like enough for you does that make you happy do you wish it was more do you wish it was less let's let me answer the five questions you just asked me. <laughs> <laughs> that was great uh do does that feel like enough to me <laughs> does is there feel, a giant spotlight on that right now? <laughs> does it feel like enough it. to me yes it does uh do i wish it was more no do i wish it was less no, it feels right. Our keyboard player is spending a lot of time nowadays in Rhode Island. He yeah. has a partner out there. He still gets back here a lot. But it just makes sense to not play that often. And to also go, we kind of want to put a stamp on the things that are ours. We got this uh, this holiday classic that we've done for almost 20 years now, uh, hovering generally at the Turf Club, but have also done it at Amsterdam, at 7th Street Entry, at Triple Rock Social Club back in the day. And then our drummer, Peter, said, 
we got to put a stamp on something in the summertime. It's great when Pizza Luce calls you. It's great when Barbette calls you. But you can't really control that, right? It's, yeah. it's up to them what they want to build, which is absolutely their right. But we said, what if we had a thing that was ours that we built? That wouldn't be hard, would it? No. It's very hard. <laughs> but it's worth it to have something where you go, we're, we're, we're starting a new legacy to have this summer concert. And that's what we're doing. I love the idea, though, that like it, as long as this band has been going on, which is roughly how long right now? 26 years. Exactly. So as long as this band's been going on at this point, it's usually, I'm not saying that bands that have been doing it that long phone it in, but they're rarely crafting new and interesting parts to their story, new chapters, right? And by doing this, I mean, this to me says the band obviously still has legs. The people involved are obviously still very interested and there's still enough juice in the tank, man. You guys feel creative and cool. And uh, I mean, you're not just going to play the hits. You guys still write music and do stuff all the time, right? Yes. And that's the really important part to us. We don't want to play a ton of shows, but we don't want to become a greatest hits band. Right. Partially because we don't have any great hits. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah. But the, the thing is, uh, uh, Felix, uh, the, the one of the rappers in the group, uh, and he and I started the group long ago, um, he just said, if we're just going to go out there and play fives and play Heart Springs, let's not do that. It's not like there's enough money. It's not like anybody is feeding their kids from this venture alone. If we're going to keep on going out there and trying to be a band, let's continue to go into the rehearsal room and be creative. And, yeah, I think there's a lot of bands that just don't keep up that part of the deal, and I'm very proud that we have kept up that part of the deal. I'm excited about it, man. It sounds like it's going to be cool. So, obviously, as great as High Respects is, you're not the only art happening that day. There's other music. There are DJs. Who else is playing at your first anniversary? Summer Classic. <laughs> Our inaugural Summer Classic? Oh, that know? one. That's what I meant, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Maria Issa is co-headlining with us. She is an absolute force, both uh, on stage and now as a state representative as well. And I'm sorry. One more time? Maria Issa is a state representative. So the very first time I ever saw Maria Issa was entirely by accident. I was down at the Minneapolis Mosaic, that short-lived festival they had for a few years downtown that was all multi-culty and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I saw her, and I stopped and watched her entire set because she was brilliant. How did I not know Maria Issa was a state representative? Because I am up my own asshole. I can see it in your eyes. That's what you wanted to say? Yes, it's because you're up your own asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel like she, she's done a lot, and I feel like local media's done a lot to go, no, this is a really impressive thing that's happening. Really? She, you can even, there's a hashtag, I think, rep who raps. But yeah, she's a state representative. Um, and, and you see her all the time at the Capitol. You see her also in D.C. You see her back in Puerto Rico. Her roots are in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, she's she's a force, and she is a state representative. Don't feel so at bad, At the Brian. National Congress. <laughs> at the Minnesota state Congress. Con- yeah, state representative. But still. Yes. I I actually feel really suspect right now. Yeah, I didn't and know. exceptionally I didn't white. that at all. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Brian Oak, exceptionally white. I saw the Google reviews, but... Uh, <laughs> Exceptionally white. <laughs> Almost translucent. Half a star. Cannot recommend Brian Oak. Maria Issa, though, is going to be there. Who else is going to be there? Oh, I don't know. Unknown Profits are uh, going to be there. Unknown Profits. State representatives, Unknown Profits. <laughs> nice. <laughs> unknown, unknown representatives will also Gubernatorial be Gubernatorial. Yeah. <laughs> the governors of Northeast Minneapolis. No, um, <laughs> unknown Profits going to be there. We just added DJ Tata, who's going to be spinning uh, before the show and also during the sets. We have a... a, a an, passionately unplanned car show happening, which I think is going to be like my wife in a two-piece bikini and in front of a Subaru. I am joking about Go on. <laughs> yes, no, um, uh, Felix, is, Felix loves cars, and he's got a couple people who are going to come through with their cars, so we're going to have a bit of a car show going on. Um, like a classic car show? I think a question mark car show. I think there's going to be... He I does mean, like, drifting 
Do you know what drifting yes. is? Yes, I do. I mean, like, but that's much more like hot hatches and like street racers as opposed to like old 1960s caddies. You can't drift in a caddy. You can drift in a, a hot hatch. I, th- I think there's going to be some hot hatches and some caddies sitting. <laughs> Don't worry about anybody drifting into your picnic table. Uh, but yeah, there's going to be a couple nice operational cars sitting out in a particular spot. The first and last festival after the I drifting. I was going to say, man. <laughs> so when my daughter was younger, uh, when teenagers are pretty easy to embarrass at this point, she's sort of <laughs> immune to it. But we live in a Longfellow neighborhood, technically actually the Corcoran neighborhood, but we're very close to Longfellow. And any time in the winter where the truck would kind of slip on the snow a little bit, I'd do one of these on the steering <laughs> wheel, and I'd be like, Longfellow drift, uh, you know, like Tokyo drift. Mm. And... She was wildly unimpressed. Yeah. That'll be coming up on the 19th. It is the inaugural Summer Classic. What's ground zero for information for people who want to know more about it? Highrespects.com is uh, a website that then points to my personal blog and has photos of the band and most of the information I'm sharing now. But that's what passes for more information. It is free, and it is starting at 4 with music at 5. The price uh, sounds right. The pri- Where is it? This is at Keg and Case uh, Courtyard uh, okay. on West 7th. And also, that's another thing. A couple, For obvious reasons, some of these formerly free festivals have had to become ticketed. Yep. Artists are costing more, and High Respects is bucking that trend. We, <laughs> we cost nothing. You've got to have some free shows. You've got to have a thing where folks go, I'm just going to come down and yeah. see, see what's coming. You can't do that with even a $15 ticket, and we're really excited. That's just a free Come down, enjoy the show. Uh, crew restaurant, Mateo, Mateo Maccabee or McBee from uh, Crew, which is in St. Joseph, Minnesota, is coming down. He's running grills. So we're going to have, we really want to have a block party. We There's going to be some additional food vendors. There's additional food vendors in the building. But we want was that smell of grills, yeah, yeah. folks drinking some, some frothy beverages, uh-huh. and playing outside for a free show. That sounds like summer to me. Yes. Fabulous. Uh, People can find out more at highrespects.com. Before we go any further and talk about the other thing you do on the regular at the White Squirrel and what else might be in store for the future, let's get some more music. You have picked out a band that I've never heard of before in my life, and that's not surprising because our Venn diagram of music, I think, does cover quite a bit of each other. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a ton of stuff that I don't know about that you know all about. I don't even want to say the name of this band because I don't want to get the first word wrong. F-A-N-I-A. I I wanted to say Fania. Okay. But that's wrong, isn't it? Fania All-Stars. Okay, I was close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not right. (laughs) Son of a bitch. (laughs) This is uh, just a a group of musicians out of uh, New York in the 1970s that were a very important part of Latin jazz and of Latin music in general. And it's one of those things that I'm working to get more of onto Jazz 88 because we didn't have a lot of it. The tune is Ella Fue, which I believe in Spanish means she was the one. Um, And it's just this tune. When you hear it, you're going to go, this is summer. This is a grooving, fantastic summer tune. I think the heartbeat of this particular production and from a lot of the Fania work, Fania was like a, a label. So think of GRP All-Stars, Fania All-Stars, same, same type of thing. Yep. Um, Johnny Pacheco, uh, unbelievable, just visionary, and this tune is just a great jam.
So jazz is, I think, by definition, originally an American art form. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. However, like when you take some of the Afro-Cuban kind of influence right there, right, and it it, it intermingles with jazz, and then jazz bounces back around the rest of the world, but then so do these other kinds of beats, you know, whether we talk about reggae and rock steady moving into Britain, you know, back in the late 60s and early 70s. It all bounces all around all the time. How does jazz hang on to its legacy? How, why, why, why do people worldwide still care as much as they do about jazz? I know that's a big question, probably without a real answer, but why do you think that is? I think the way jazz hangs on to its legacy is partially by not hanging on to it too tight. In the sense that if you if the the folks who were real poindexters about it's got to be this and it's it's got to be these rhythm changes and if I don't hear that then it's not a jazz song, I think those folks are are legitimately dying out and I think on top of that the relevance of that kind of um, protection of the art form stra- strangles the art form right so this you have to have a big umbrella when what you have is as celebrated as jazz. Two other minor things I'd say is. Jazz is an American art form. Jazz is a black American art form. And it's as American as New Orleans is, which is to say eitherly wildly American or vaguely Caribbean in the, <laughs> in the sense that for a lot of the important years of jazz's inception, you could literally catch a boat, a ferry to Havana, right? This was not, this is pre-Fidel Castro. This is, mm. this is not, I think it's a long trip, but it's not an innavigable trip and you know i think a lot of people call new orleans like the northernmost caribbean city in the world like so so the idea that these sounds sort of got arrived into the jazz story late is kind of inaccurate there's a a lot of a lot of the sounds that bounced around the world we're really talking about bouncing around a handful of islands within you know 700 square miles of each other and that that's a part of the story from early on there's there's later parts of the story where you do have to be inclusive and you have to go oh when people are bringing these instruments think about high life music from nigeria which has a bunch to do with jazz Mm -hmm. and fits i think on a station like jazz 88 from time to time but it it, it's just you gotta have a wide umbrella and go let's let's let all this stuff find its way in and that and to me that's the way the music stays relevant is not through being absolutely strict about what is jazz well and i think i mean to me this also expands on to the you know people bitching about the rock and roll hall of fame well that's not rock and roll i'm like well no it's not but it is popular culture and this is what we do and jazz as we talked about several times already the umbrella is so vast that it incorporates things that like you said i'm glad you brought that up like the eggheads the long hairs the the <laughs> well and frankly they exist in all walks of life zealots right like yeah. if it's not this it's not that yeah. absolutely not the end here's where the strong demarcation line is otherwise you're doing something else and it's just not true the world changes man and specifically in radio, somebody pointed out the jazz police listen to their own records. <laughs> like the, the absolute purists are, are not, if they are sending you an email to go, why the heck did you play that? Why I heard a rap verse on a, a jazz station. It's they're popping out to complain, but they got their record collection. Radio is a lot the domain of people who go surprise me a little bit. You know, please give, give me in your eyes from time to time, yep. but also surprise me. And, and, and let's build that recipe together. Is there a jazz band named either Hard Skronk or the Jazz Police? No, there is a there is like a local 
well-done website. I think it's not very active now. Called the Jazz Police. I believe somewhat tongue-in-cheek. I love the name, though. It's brilliant. (laughs) It's absolutely brilliant. Before we wrap up with our friend Sean McPherson here, we do have to mention Moxie Wealth Management. Moxie Wealth Management... They have a team. They take a team approach to looking at your financial future. Now, I don't know if any of us in this room are independently wealthy. Just kidding. I know that none of us in this room are independently wealthy, which means you can use all the help you can get. Are we looking at the way you approach your taxes? Are we looking at the way you approach whatever property you might own? Life insurance. There are so many facets and little things that it's easy to not pay attention to and then come back seven years later and be like, oh, shit, I should have done that one thing with the stuff and the things. You could do that today. Get a hold of Moxie wealth management our friends over there they're going to take care of you yeah go to moxiewealthmanagement.com set an appointment with joe burgess and his team and kind of figure out where you are now so you can figure out if and when you can retire down the road yeah if and when those are really really big questions sean um before we talk about um what you do at the white squirrel on the regular and revisit the upcoming event one more time that first annual event that i'm really looking forward to um what do you think the rest of your, and again, I'm not asking you to look into a crystal ball, and I'm not asking you to cut open a vein. Is there anything left in 2023 that you're dying to do, to see, to feel, to create, to whatever? I mean, I know you're a father. I know you're a husband. I you know, I know you got gigs on the way. But, I mean, is there anything, like, is there someone you want to see at the State Fair? Is there a restaurant that's opened up? Is Are you dying to sit down and actually learn how to play the bass? These, these are really great questions and having young children is a lot of thinking you want to do these things mm-hmm. you go i want to go to that restaurant and then it closes <laughs> not even in a, a like the restaurant exists for three and a half years and you right. go i never got the chance to see it at some point this is so morose but like you stop dreaming you stop imagining <laughs> you just go, i just man i just want to get these kids to bed i got uh i'm going camping with just one other father and our two, like his older daughter and my older daughter, this Saturday. Growing up, that is exactly what my dad did. My dad and his two buddies, now they were boozing hard back in the day, but we went to the Boundary Waters together. The dads would each take their eldest child. They would put the keg in the boat and disappear into a lake for eight hours, and the kids ran roughshod in the Boundary (laughs) Waters. Had a bear come into camp once, but I love the idea because camping, camping is cool for kids, man. Camping is super, I mean, at my age, my knees are not interested anymore, but for kids, man, there's nothing like camping. Did you, did those dads portage a keg or is this just, okay, they portaged, so they would carry a keg. So we, we went in on Lake Vermilion and so there was, (laughs) there was a motorized portage, but then we did have to do one small portage, but they brought that eight gallon boy with them and they were, um, they were undaunted and they would literally put it in the boat, grab all their fishing gear and be like, all right, see you guys before sundown. And we had, I mean, we were on our own, man. If somebody broke a leg, cut an artery. Attacked by bears or moose, it's over. But um, there was one time the bear wandered into camp, and all we did, I climbed in the boat and started rowing immediately. And there was a kid. I'm taking this keg. I'm getting the fuck no, out no, of no, here. No, 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 that was already gone. We had, yeah, we had yeah, a second yeah. boat with us. Um, but Danny, this guy, he's like, no, you just got to make a lot of noise. He started banging on pots of pans and throwing sticks at the bear, and I'm like, yeah, no. I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to, because bears can swim, but I'm like, I don't have to run faster than you. Just got to run faster than the bear, man. <laughs> yes. Bye. I do. I don't, I, I should trust people named Danny, but I don't. For some reason, nope. if it's like Danny says you should make a lot of noise, three, 180, I'm doing the opposite. That's of that. why I was in the canoe. I was in the <laughs> canoe immediately. That's great that you're going camping. Um, 
when it comes to your band, High Respects, do you... Is creating new stuff still an endeavor? Creating new stuff is still an endeavor. And what it is is when I have something as stressful and as potentially rewarding as doing this summer classic, I got to do that. And then I got to give myself a couple of weeks till I earnestly want to go back down and discover writing something new and finding that. And without fail, that happens. But I can't rush it. I have to go, okay, my, my mind is really filled with this sort of the businessy side, the promotion side, the the making sure the concert happens side, and then I'll find what brings us back, and, and we'll start writing again. I pursue from time to time writing stuff for as a solo artist, writing stuff with my instrumental group, and I'm just waiting for that bug to come back because it's been a really logistic summer, and 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 I'm I'm looking forward to a more creative fall, um, and a little bit of camping. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Speaking of your instrumental project, I know you play at the White Squirrel on the regular. Tell me about that quickly. Yes, I got a group called Big Trouble. Um, I'm one-fourth of the band. It's uh, Josh Peterson, my brother Steve McPherson, and drummer Peter Leggett. So almost everybody in the band, besides my brother, is in high respects. And we started a side project that we probably thought would last a year in 2007, 2006. And we said, okay, let's just play some songs that are well-known instrumentally. So we play LCD Sound System, play Death Cab for Cutie, do a lot of these tunes, but do them up differently. And we, we kept on doing it. We kept on having a lot of fun. At some point, everybody said, we're not playing till midnight anymore on weeknights. And those were the gigs that were available to us. So we kind of like faux retired. And then the White Squirrel has been really welcoming. It's, uh, it's, it's an awesome spot. We play from 6 to 8 on the fourth Saturday of every month. And it's just an absolute joy. To it's get a great together. venue, too. Yeah. So you got way too much Jason Nagel in your life, then, is what you have. Listen, I, I, I'm trying to excise as much Jason Nagel out. <laughs> and I just, you know, sometimes I walk into Palmer's and I just walk out. Oh, no, he's, yeah. he's oh, still that here. Fucker. That fucker's still. <laughs> Do you know that I've invited him onto this podcast no less than 25 times? And he shot me down every single time. Does he actually do you the polite thing of saying no, or does he just not respond to that part of the text conversation? 50-50. Uh, okay. Sometimes just... <sighs> other times like, no, no thanks. Why? Great question. That guy and I go back more than 20 years. Gotcha. What a dick. <laughs> just kidding, Nagel. I absolutely love you. So, come on and defend yourself. <laughs> big trouble. Yeah, exactly. And come on and tell me why. If I, yeah. if it's just because I'm a giant self-serving asshole, <laughs> I could hear that story. I've heard it before. Just at least do me the favor, man. I thought we were pals. Anyway, you can see Nagel, the dickhead himself, over at the White Squirrel. No, nope, not see- anymore. He's not, oh, he's not the squirrel anymore. anymore. Strictly Palmer's. Just at Palmer's okay. now. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was. I thought no, because no, last time over. I went into the White Squirrel, they're like, nope. He just. Just decided to go full-time at Palmer, so that's what he's doing now. So he's white-squirreling me before he even white-squirreled the white squirrel? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's way too much Jason Nagel time right there. Well, <laughs> you will not see Nagel there, but you can check out Big Trouble there. What did you say, the final Saturday of every month? I think it's the fourth Saturday, because Laura, Saturday Saturday the month. booking person, said it was problematic if you do the f- the final Saturday. Oh. Sometimes there's five yeah, yeah. Saturdays so in a month. Do, yeah. That means it's August 26th this this week. This All month. right. Is that Labor Day weekend? No. No, it's the weekend prior. How long have you been alive? It, Labor Day <laughs> has to be in September, so there's no way. Yeah, but sometimes it's September 1st. 
Yeah, but if Saturday is August 26th. <laughs> Shut up, Sean. <laughs> okay. Who asked you? Anyway, oh, can you pull out your, I did. Can I get your <laughs> mathematics report cards again? Because you said you did really well. I did. I was I was actually killer at algebra. How was, how was arithmetic for you? Arithmetic, well. Basic math. <laughs> let's run our 13 times tables, all right? Um, Ooh. The, <laughs> Not this Saturday, but the next Saturday, which is also not Labor Day weekend, you can go and check out the inaugural Summer Classic featuring none other than uh, High Respects and DJ Tata, Maria Issa, State Representative Maria Issa, I got homework, man, and Unknown Prophets are all going to be performing. It's free. You walk up and enjoy the music, get some food, get something to sip on, and enjoy the smell of a sweet grilling summer festival that actually does sound like summer to me. It, 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 it's going to be really awesome. I failed to mention one important thing that we just lined up, if I might add. Go on. Um, we have been really supportive of the Central Honors Philando Scholarship, which is for Philando Castile. And that event always happens um, basically the, the the weekend before the state fair, which is to say next weekend. Is that, that's where we're coming <laughs> up. That happens on Sunday. So their event is on August 20th. We've played probably half of the Central Honors Philando. We couldn't do that this year because we're doing this new concert. Mm-hmm. We worked it out with them and with Clutch Brewing that there's going to be a beer at our event called Summer Classic. And a dollar of each summer classic sale will go to the Central Honors Philando Scholarship. That's great. So as you're sipping on this uh, strawberry-infused beverage, the little beer situation. Go on. Yes. Uh, it's <clears throat> going to be a dollar of each sale of the 25 beers you drink. Um, and then don't drive. Uh, are going <laughs> to go to Central Honors Philando. Also, don't drink 25. I mean, have eight. Yeah. Eight seems reasonable. I also feel like if you have 25 strawberry beers, your problems are going to be in the toilet, yes, not in the driver's exactly. wheel. So. Exactly right. It's, it's going to be later that night. It's going to be the next morning. It's going to be the middle of the night. That's the real problem right there. You're like, I'm hammered. I'm going to bed. And you wake up and did a strawberry nightmare. Anyway, <laughs> that's not the important part. The important part is raising money for a good cause. And I imagine all these details are available at highrespects.com. That's absolutely. Once I update them, 100%. <laughs> Getting on my Squarespace login right now. I'm going to be. What? Um, how do people find you on MySpace? Who would you say are in your top eight friends right now? Wow. Uh, that was I, a minute ago, wasn't it? MySpace.com slash Twinkie Jiggles. It doesn't exist. I, I was doing I, my era. That was my most prolific dating website. I definitely think I met a lot of fantastic women off of MySpace. So were you doing like GeoCities chat rooms and stuff too? No, I that's think a little before your that's time. That's a little yeah. before my time. All right, well, yeah. I, was, I mean, that was the first sort of like online interactive. Like I remember someone telling me, like, no, no, it's GeoCities. Just go and you look yeah. at these chat rooms and you find the right group and you just sit there and chat all you day on the thing. It's just and it's at, at the time, I mean, again, oh, remember when computering was new. Hmm. When I was a freshman in college, I got an email from my friend Kevin, which is probably like the ninth email I ever got, and he said. Hey, um, there's this new website that everybody's into at Eau Claire. It's called Naster.com. You got to check it out. And I was like, okay, uh, Naster.com. Dave Naster is some comedian who opens up for Sinbad who had just uh, just an HTML-enabled bag of shit website. (laughs) Pictures of him and Sinbad on the cruise. I looked at that website for... With his Three sweet hours. pants. <laughs> what is Eau Claire thinking? Why is this so popular? I, I see his tour dates. I could maybe buy a CD if I sent a check. Hmm. Why is this popular? And then I see him at Thanksgiving goes, Napster. <laughs> oh, okay, got uh, it. Oh, hmm. All right, we got to go. <laughs> um, Sean, though, it is excellent to see your face again, man. Likewise. I always enjoy sitting down with you. I, I, I feel like since we work on the same floor of the same building in the same city that I would see you more often, but we live on opposite ends of the clock, so... 
another time, I guess. And if people would like to listen to you or the work that you help create at KBEM, what's the best way to do that? To tune in to 88.5 or check out our website, jazz88.fm. And I'm on from 3 to 7 on weekdays. Fabulous, man. Um, I wish you all the best. I hope you have a fantastic time capping, man. Uh, That sounds amazing. I want to thank Smart Start MN. I want to thank Moxie Wealth Management. I want to thank you, Sean Bernard. Oh, thank you. No, really, thank you. Oh, no, I'm, yeah. Happy Sean McPherson. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Also, thanks to Audio Equip. Uh, Nate and his crew at Audio Equip are the ones who have provided us with all this state-of-the-art equipment uh, when they didn't really have to, and I'm not sure why they did, but they're very kind, and I hope that's moving the karmic wheel in the right direction for them. And based on talking to Nate recently and how things are going, I think that it is. But if you have any need for audio equipment, audioequip.com, go with the local one, not those other carpetbaggers that are trying to move in on their internet territory. I think that covers everything, doesn't That's it? That's it. That's all. Yeah, all right, yep. well, let's get out of here. Sean, good luck to you with the rest of your Thank year. You. Sean, good luck to you with the rest of your afternoon. Thanks, uh, Brian. We've you got too. one more song here. Uh, and you, Sean Marshall is a complicated character in the world of music. Tell me why you picked this song to wrap things up with. You like to cry. Oh, I don't. You yeah, cry, no, you're you, right. You no, cry. No, you're right. No, no, I cry constantly, but you're right. I actually, I, 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 I'm like, I'd like to think, no, I, I prefer to be happy. But there is a certain joy when the tears are rolling down my face. Yeah. This is one of the saddest songs I've ever heard. It's a, it's a cover of a Velvet Underground song oh, called uh-huh. I Found a Reason. And I'm just, get the Kleenex out. That's, that's my guarantee for Brian Oak. Sean, I don't know if you're going to cry, but um, Brian Oak is. Son of a bitch. Oh, I
Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services uh, Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. North Star Resource Group is an independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue Southeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55414.